Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast and being a part of our church family here at New Hope. Our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly, is currently leading us through the entire Bible in a series called The Story. Now here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. How are we doing today, church? You guys doing good? Everybody say Jeroboam. I know it's hard. Everybody say Rehoboam. Uh, we'll get to that later. I'm glad you're here. My name is Benji. Welcome to all the campuses. We are thrilled that you are at New Hope Church today. It's going to be a great day. We are making our way through the Old Testament, going into the New Testament, all the way through uh, Revelation. And uh, welcome to what is called what church? The Story. Go ahead and take out your binders, open them up. Oh, I love that sound. Put those teaching notes in there. And uh, let's go get this. Why don't we give a warm shout out to those of you who are here at the Durham campus, the Kenya campus, the Columbia campus, Sanford campus, Hillsborough campus, Coffee House, NCCIW, Daughters of the King. Let me stop right there. I want to look at the Daughters of the King and say thank you for my 4th of July card that you all sent me and signed from the prison. Love you, love you, love you. Daughters of the King, it's very special to me, and I will save that. I have a little folder that I call the smiley face folder that I put things like that in. So thank you, Daughters of the King. Welcome to North Raleigh Garner Internet Campus. Glad you are here. Hey, take out that New Hope app. If you use that, go to the App Store. Free app for you to follow along with the notes. And uh, if you haven't done so yet, go to Facebook and check in. Hey, you don't want to miss next Sunday. Next Sunday is the Hope Town, um, not Hope Town, Hope Rising halftime celebration. We're going to be looking at 1 Kings 18, one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. It is the passage about Elijah, remember? And the altar and the test of who was God and who is God. We are moving into a mini-series right now within the story titled Five Ways to Wreck Your Life. Five ways to wreck your life. Y'all ready for the first one? Listen to morons. <laughs> Jesus, she said. Not Jesus. Jesus, she said. <laughs> Listen to morons. And next week I'm going to be talking about living in fear. You want to wreck your life? Live in fear. You want to wreck your life? Worship the wrong God. But that is next Sunday. But I just had to say, you don't want to miss next Sunday. It is going to be an amazing, amazing worship celebration. So here we are. Um, last week, we looked at the wisdom of Solomon, if you were here. And if you missed it, um, I, I came here and I just sat down about halfway through the message. And we talked about race in America. And many, many, many of you have asked me about that. And uh, it's in the Resource Center at all of our campuses. You can go pick up last week's message. Uh, but we asked God last week to give us the wisdom of Solomon to live in these tricky days that we're living in the United States of America. Emphasis on the word united. Come, you know, you might think that maybe our country should be called the divided states, Lord Jesus, of America. 
But we talked last week about how to be united and how God has positioned New Hope Church to be a catalyst in moving towards racial reconciliation, moving towards being a witness and a beacon of faith, hope, and love so that the world can see that we can live together in love and peace and harmony despite our differences. Can I get an amen? So if you missed that, uh, you can go pick that up. Uh, today at the Resource Center. So as we go through the scriptures, today we are getting to the division of the kingdom. Again, a very pertinent word for us, the division of God's kingdom. Solomon was the king. He disobeyed God in several ways. I know Solomon is known as the wisest man on the planet. I get that. And he was wise. And we looked at his wisdom last week. But Solomon also was a king who disobeyed God in several ways. And God responded. And God's kingdom was divided. Okay? So if you're just a a historical buff and you want to put some time frames to this, Israel was divided in the year 930 B.C. Just just take that note in your Bible, 1 Kings, margin, whatever, or in your, your binder. Israel was divided into a northern kingdom. Everybody say northern kingdom. And in a southern kingdom. Everybody say southern kingdom. Okay? America is divided in the year 2016 A.D., Okay, just showing you the relevance of the word. Now, what you need to know, and this is not where the message is going today by any means, but you need to know that God dislikes division. It doesn't please God. It doesn't please God when churches get divided. How many of you have been in churches where all they do is argue and backstab and and, and politic all the time? Right? How many, you know, you got committees fighting over the color of the carpet. While lost people are dying and facing a Christless eternity. Okay? You got churches sitting around navel gazing. God does not like when the church is divided. And God loves when the church is united. God does not like when countries are divided or his world is divided. God is a God of unity. You say, well, give me a verse. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Ready? Out, through, out loud on the count of three, all of our campuses. One, two, three. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in, in what? How good, the Bible says. And how pleasant. Isn't it, isn't it good? Isn't it pleasant when a family is united? Huh? Isn't it pleasant and good when a church is united? Isn't it awful and sad when they're divided? I, I, I got to say this, and it's just, it just gives me a chance to brag on you as a church. I have studied churches all over the world. I've never seen a church as united as New Hope Church. I've never seen a church where there's unity and there's peace and there's love and everybody just gets along. And I'm going to talk at the end of the message about why that's the case. Pay close attention when we get to the very last thing I'm going to talk about today. But I'm just, I don't know about you, I'm just thankful that that, that is who we are as a church. We are united we are, we are in kindred spirit, moving in the same direction. And I just wanted to say to you, way to go. And look, look at this other verse, in, in case you want another one. Look at this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at, what's that word? What? 
live at peace with everyone. So let's read it out loud together. Go. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. So look at your neighbor and say peace. Live at peace with one another. I am so grateful for the unity and the peace that we have in this church. And I just want to say on the front end today, may we never lose that. May we never lose our unity and our peace that we have here as a church. So during the time of David and Solomon, the nation of Israel was at its zenith level. I mean, it was the glory days. They were kicking along. God was anointing them. It was Good, but during the time of David and Solomon, everything started to spiral out of control. And today, we are going to learn exactly what went wrong with God's people so that, here's the key, so that we can take good notes, either physically or, or mentally, right, so that it never happens to us. Because they were unified and it all started to go downhill from there. Open up your Bibles and uh, 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings 11 or open up your storybooks to chapter 14. Here's something I'd want to say to you as we get going. The ten tribes that were in the north. This is, this is not scripture per se. This is just me giving you some, some, some words here. The ten tribes that were in the north aligned themselves under a man by the name of Jeroboam. And that became known as what church? Israel. So just kind of take notes, get your historical bearings in place. You've got Israel, which is up north when the kingdom divides. How many tribes? Ten tribes. Good job. The two tribes in the south, Judah and Benjamin, aligned themselves under a man by the name of Rehoboam. And that area became known as what? Judah. So what's up north? Israel. What's south? Judah, it's divided. Let me show you a map to just kind of, again, help you get your mind wrapped around the biblical uh, geography, if you will. Check it out. Kingdom of Israel is up north. You got the Mediterranean Sea to the left. If you just come down the kingdom of Israel, you'll see some things that ring a bell to you. You see Jericho, the popular passage of Scripture, right? Jericho. Jesus went down to Jericho. Then you go into the southern kingdom... And you see Jerusalem, where Jesus Christ was crucified, right? And you see Beersheba. And you, if you, if, it's not on the map, but if you let your eyes just continue to go down and to the left, you'll get to Mount Sinai, where the Ten Commandments were given. Just piece, start connecting the dots and piecing the Bible together. Now, back in 1 Kings chapter 11, God had picked Jeroboam to be the next king. But check it out, this didn't sit very well. With Solomon, since Jeroboam wasn't one of his sons, but Jeroboam was just on staff, if you will, with Solomon. So this didn't sit well with him. And Solomon responds by trying to kill Jeroboam. And Jeroboam flees to Egypt until Solomon passes away. And in 1 Kings 11.43, we come across this verse. Then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David... His father and Rehoboam, his son, succeeded him as king. So do you see the problem? Do you see the problem here? We have two kings 
and two kings never worked together. It was a man by the name of Barry Cameron who said this, Anything with two heads belongs in a sideshow. Two heads, a house divided, never really works. Okay? So this starts to cause problems, and we're going to learn some valuable lessons from this part of Scripture that I believe will help us and help you individually keep peace and unity in your life, in your family, and in the church. If you're ready for it, say bring it. In your teaching notes, let's go get this. Here's the first nugget we would learn from this text today. The past can bring division or unity in the future. Read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. The past can bring division or unity in the future. I would circle that word past. Your past, my past, will bring division in your life. And it will bring division in our church or it will bring unity. The kingdom of Israel was split. Now, what had happened in the past? That's what you got to understand for this point to really make sense. And let me tell you about it. Solomon, though he was the wisest man to ever live, the Bible says, Solomon made lots of mistakes in his leadership. Solomon was a hard hitting, aggressive leader. He overtaxed the people an exorbitant amount, the highest taxes they had ever experienced. He worked the people beyond from sunup to sundown. Solomon amassed huge projects and ships and buildings, and he worked his people to the bone for it. On top of working them to the bone, he taxed them large amounts, and the burden was just too high. Did you know that the decisions you make today will greatly impact your future? Now now watch this. The decisions you make today will greatly impact your legacy and your generations to come. There's this thing that you might have heard taught before, but we'll call it generational curses. Hello. Some of you, unfortunately, are victims of generational curses. Some of you are a result or a byproduct of horrible decisions that were made in your family and your family's family and your grandparents and your aunts and your uncles, and you have to suffer and wade your way through it. Likewise, the decisions that you and I make today and tomorrow will not only impact our lives, but it will impact your generations to come. Now, I believe in generational curses. You see it in Scripture. But I wanted to give you a bit of good news. I also believe in generational blessings. Hello. See, I believe you can break generational curses. I believe you can't change what you are a byproduct of. You can't change the family you were raised in or the situation you came up in or what that person did or what that person didn't do. You can't change that. But with the power of the gospel in and through your life, you can break generational curses and have generational blessings. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news and the power of God to change a narrative in your life. 
But there are generational curses and there are generational blessings. The curses come when we stay down here in the lower story and we keep messing up and we keep following the patterns and the examples that have been handed down to us. We are creatures of habit. You know this, right? But you can break those habits by the power of the gospel. But if you just continue to live down here in the lower story and you never let your mess or your curses that have been thrust upon you, if you never let them, hello, ascend to the upper story where God is a master at taking our lower story curses, if you will, and turning them into upper story blessings, if you will, you will live this repetitive life where you are a lot like the situations and the environments you came out of. Your past, your past will determine your unity or your division. And I might put it like this. This is not in your teaching notes. Your present and the decisions you make when? Today, now, tomorrow will determine your peace or your unity in the future. If you're ready for number two, say, bring it. Here we go. Counsel, counsel, counsel. Counsel can either hinder or help to build unity. Counsel can either hinder or help to bring unity. The advice that you are given, listen closely, oh Lord, listen closely. The advice that you are given can either help you or cause disunity in your family and in your life. Which means you better choose who you listen to. Hello. Some of you are listening to the wrong voices in your life. Social media only amplifies this. You have to be careful who you follow. Hello. You have to be careful what you listen to. Hello. Again, counsel can either hinder or help to bring and build unity in your life. When Rehoboam, in the southern section, sought the counsel of the elders. The who? The elders about whether to continue the hard policies of Solomon. The elders basically said... No, Solomon has been too hard on them. He's overtaxed them. He's worked them to the bone. They need a break. That's what the elders told him, okay? And he listened to them at first. But then he turned and he went and listened to younger cronies, if you will. Don't listen to morons. He got solid advice from the elders. But then he went and listened to his young cronies. And his young cronies said, no, Solomon wasn't that hard, man. Just keep working them. Just keep driving them. They don't need a break. Don't listen to the elders. Instead of me telling it to you, let's just look at what Scripture says. Rehoboam asked them, what is your advice? Okay. How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. You see, they're complaining, the people. They're like, We need a break. You ever worked for somebody like Solomon? But we're not going to digress. Let's carry on. (laughs) 
But they're complaining, man. Solomon's killing us. New king. How about a little lighter load, if you will? But make our yoke lighter. Now tell them my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam. As the king had said, come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly. Rejecting the advice given him by the who? He listened to the wrong crowd. He took the wrong advice. And you're going to see how devastating it was. Rehoboam followed the advice of the morons. (laughs) Of the young men and said... My father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. And that's exactly what Rehoboam did. And what do you get? A divided kingdom. Division happens immediately. One group goes north. One group goes south, and they're listening to the wrong voices, and God's kingdom is divided. Who are you listening to? Like, what voices do you listen to? I I believe this will impact what you watch on television. Hello. This should impact what authors you read. This should impact, as I've already said, who you follow on social media, who you listen to. And it also gives me a chance to say, thank God for elders. Thank God for those who are among us who have some gray hair or no hair. And you've got experience and you've lived life long enough For us to lean on you and glean. Everybody say lean and glean. We can lean and glean on our elders to learn from them. I'm just wondering at all of our campus. I just think this is in order. Can we honor our elders? Can we thank God? Can we thank God for for our elders? And and by the way, elders, don't think you you don't have anything to share. See, sometimes you can look at a church like ours, you know, we're kind of young, we're kind of doing the contemporary thing and all that. No, 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 no. We need you. We need you to to mentor young people. We we need your experience. Have you ever heard heard this saying, this is totally off script. Have you ever heard your saying, um, learn from your mistakes? Doesn't that sound good? Learn from your mistakes. That's, that's, that's good old folk wisdom, right? I got a better idea. I, I'd rather learn from your mistakes. <laughs> Guys, you got to think about things. And like, Why do I want to learn from my mistakes? I'd rather, I'd rather listen to you and look, look at your life and learn from your mistakes. Come on now. Think about it. Some of you need to write that down. 
Stop learning from my mistakes. Learn from other mistakes. Come on now. Who you listen to will drastically impact your life. Which is why, which is why, which is why every single person here should seriously consider registering for Insight 16. Our leadership conference, which is coming up September 30th through October 1st. I think every single one of you received one of these on your way in. Did you? Wonderful. At all the campuses. If you didn't at one of the campuses, you need to go up to your campus pastor afterwards and say, What's up, man? You left us hanging. Right? Insight 16, Mark Batterson, one of the wisest voices in our nation right now. He leads a church called National Community Church on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. He is a New York best-selling Times author time and time and time again. Incredible author, but he's one of those rare authors who's not only a great author, but he's a great communicator. He's in the house at the end of September, 1st of October. We are about to fling open the doors to the states around us and get word out for this conference. But hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me at all the campuses. I want to make sure New Hopers get a seat. I want to make sure you can be in the house. This is a voice that you need to hear from. Okay? I'm also speaking with him on leadership and your life. You can skip my sessions if you want. But you don't want to skip Mark's sessions. The whole title, and this is why I'm doing this in the message, the whole theme, if you will, of the conference is if. Everybody say if. The whole theme of the conference is turning your what-if regrets in life to what-if possibilities. Mm. Turning your what-if, how many of you got some regrets in your life? That's, that's all of us, every single one of us. Turning your what-if regrets into what if possibilities? Here is a voice you need to hear from, and here is a video just to take you over the edge. I encourage you, I encourage you, I encourage you. Go register today. In fact, you can register on your phone during the service. That is totally acceptable. We have internet. You, you can, seriously, we're doing a July special for New Hope, July $49. People have already, we already have hundreds of people registered. They paid $69. Here's a New Hope special, July special, $49. Again, I want to see you in the house. I want to bless your life, and I want you to listen to this voice who can change the trajectory of your life. Check this out. What's up, Insight Leader? I am thrilled to come to you today letting you know about Insight 16. It is right around the corner. I am talking about September 30th and October 1st, Insight 16, Durham, North Carolina, New Hope Church. You do not want to miss it. And here's one of the primary reasons you don't want to miss it. I'm talking about Mark Flippin' Batterson 
is in the house. One of the most prolific authors out there, a New York best-selling author who just finished a book titled If, which is going to be actually our theme for the conference. We're going to be asking the question, what if? What if God unleashed your greatest dreams in ministry? What if God helped you rediscover and reimagine the joy and the thrill of serving Christ? What if God anointed your ministry in the season ahead like we can't even begin to imagine? What if is the question we're asking this year. We're going to have 10 breakout sessions. We've recently expanded our building here at our Durham campus, 10 relevant ministry-focused and marketplace leadership breakout sessions that you do not want to miss. Of course, we're going to have worship like you've never seen before in our new facility, and it all starts on Friday, September 30th. We're gonna have an after party that night, as always. Then Saturday morning, we kick it off at nine. We're gonna get you out of here Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. so you can return to your post for ministry. Hey, I hope you'll join us. Spread the word, forward this on to other people, tweet it up and go to insightconference.org. Again, that's insightconference.org. Register quickly. We are still in the early bird season, and I can't wait to see you in September. That's going to go out to thousands of leaders and churches in the area. New hope, new hope, new hope. If you want to grow your leadership, check out Insight 16, register, and uh, pass it on to others. It is going to be an incredible Friday night. Then we have a Friday night after party that's outside, and then it goes all day Saturday. We send you off by 5 p.m. on Saturday, and it is one of the most incredible experiences we do here every single year. What's it called? Insight, insight, insight. Okay. So um, counsel can either hinder or help to build unity. We've already talked about that. You have to choose your voices that you are going to listen to. Again, who do you listen to? Now, that's, that's one way of looking at it, right? That's one way of looking at it. Who am I listening to? What voices are shaping me? What pastors do I listen to? What authors do I read? What kind of radio do I listen to? What kind of people in my home or in my workplace do I listen to? That's one way of looking at it. But before I move on to the very last point, I do just have to say this. It should also cause you to examine what kind of advice you give people. When people ask for your advice, how do you respond and what do you say? I have found that there are usually two kinds of people. There are people who will give you good, solid advice, and they're looking out for your well-being. And there are people who thrive on drama. And can I just let you know something about your pastor? Your staff will tell you this. This is, you need to know this about me. I am a man who admittedly hates drama. This is a core behavior of the staff culture here. Maybe this is one of the reasons why our church is healthy. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't like drama. I have a saying, save your drama for your mama. <laughs> I, you, you know the people I'm talking about? 
All they like to all they like to do is talk about people. All they like to do is gossip. All they like to do is stir things up instead of bless with good words that are soothing and healing for your good and for their good. You know people like this. And here's how you might be able to give yourself a little test today. When you give advice, is it advice to build people up or is it advice to tear that person or other people down? Here's another way of looking at it. When you have conversations with people, do you find yourself whispering a lot? Oh, struck a little chord there. Like we have a culture around here. We don't like whispering in the hallways. Have you ever been to churches where they have the meeting after the meeting? It's usually in the parking lot. You've been to these, right? It's the meeting after the meeting, and the meeting after the meeting is always just infested with drama. Negative gossip, hearsay, talking about this, talking about that. And the church Christians are famous for cloaking all of that in. I got a prayer request. <laughs> you ever been in a prayer meeting and you knew, hey, there's something just not godly about this prayer meeting. You ever been in a person that go, oh, I got a prayer request for Sally. Have you heard? She's all shacked up with that bum who lives over there across the tracks. And now she's expecting, we need to pray for, let's pray for the baby. But you know, they're not married, but she's expecting. Blah, 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 blah. Boom. Man. And by the way, I got to stop that because in our day and age, I just want you to know I'm sensitive about those kinds of things. The guns and all that's going on in our country used to be where you could joke about those kinds of things. But please don't, don't misread me. I am by no means advocating gun violence. But, but that's the, I'm, okay, here's, here's, let's try this one. How's that? that work best? Save your emails. Is that better for you? But are you, <laughs> are y'all one of those, man? Are you, as Medea would say, put a freaking shut to the up. Stop the drama, man. Can't stand drama. If you find yourself whispering a lot, or if you find yourself saying this a lot, hey, don't tell them I said this. Jesus said, no one takes a light. And puts it under a bushel. But instead, let your light shine. If you live a life in such a way, one of integrity and one of well-being and one where you're encouraging people and build them up, you don't have to tell secrets. You, you don't have to try to remember what you said because you're afraid you might lie again and contradict what you said. Hello. Do you know how freeing it is to not have to try to remember what you said? <laughs> but if you find yourself always trying to remember, what did I say so I don't contradict myself? There's not even unity in your soul. <laughs> I need to move on. <laughs> y'all, y'all just kind of just encouraging me to carry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry. I'm gonna move on. That's a sermon for another day. That's, um. I told you there's an example in Scripture. I don't went all off, so I'm not sure where I am on my slides. But there's an example in Scripture. It's in Titus. Let's see. Uh, yeah, this is it. In Titus, in the New Testament. Back, back, back to the... <laughs> I had to make sure. I, I went all off. Um, back to the elders. 
There's an example in the New Testament of, of this role of discipleship and the importance of you folks who are in this church who have some age. And I want to get more and more elderly people around here. Am I alone? Amen. We, I, I love to surround myself with wise leaders who've been there before. Look at what this says. Let's read it out loud together. Go. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. You see it? This is the role. This is the tongue. This is the importance. And here's a statement I just want to share with you before I move to the very last thing. This is my vision for the church, okay, in terms of age, okay, age. Check it out. I believe that healthy churches need the vision and vitality of youth to be balanced with the wisdom and experience of age. That's a good model for a church, isn't it? Let me say it again. I believe that healthy churches need the vision and vitality of youth to be balanced with the wisdom and experience of age. Okay? Do a check. What voices are you listening to? Join me at the end of September. Don't miss insight. You're going to get some 10 breakout sessions, speakers all speaking wisdom into your life about how to not live a what-if life of regrets, but a what-if life of God-ordained possibilities. Can I get an amen? By way of review, the past can bring division or unity in the future. Everybody say check. check. Number two, counsel can either hinder or help to build unity. You want to seek out wise counsel. Everybody say check. Last thing we're going to talk about today. A solid faith in the truth creates unity. A solid faith in the truth creates unity. You can read this passage later. I encourage you to. 1 Kings 12, 26 through 30. It wasn't just Rehoboam who got bad advice. Jeroboam got bad advice as well. And in 1 Kings 12, 26 through 30, you are not going to believe this again. I encourage you to read it later. I'm just going to hit the high points. Jeroboam thought to himself, you know what? The kingdom will now likely revert back to the house of David. Listen to the insecurity seep in. If these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, they will again give their allegiance to their Lord, Rehoboam the king of Judah. Hear the tension? They will kill me and return to King Rehoboam. Remember, that's Solomon's son. And so after seeking this this, this advice and feeding this insecurity that he has. You know what he does to keep the people up north not going down south to Rehoboam? You know what he does? He builds two golden calves for them to worship. To try to keep them in his kingdom. Come on, church. Does that sound familiar? This is the beauty of reading the Bible through. Remember the golden calf at the base of Mount Sinai? History tends to repeat itself. Go read that passage and notice what happens when he moves away from truth to feed his own insecurity. 
This is important. This is, this is important. I don't know if this is in your notes. Write it down. This is why the ultimate bridge towards unity and peace is absolute truth. This is why the ultimate bridge towards peace and unity is what, church? It's absolute truth. Remember at the beginning of the message, I told you that we would circle back to this at the very end. What is it that enables New Hope to have such unity and peace? What is it that enables you hope to, to never even think about like a split or having people backstabbing or politicking or arguing? We're not the perfect church by any means. And if you're sitting here going, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to go to the church. It's just full of a bunch of hypocrites. Well, hey, just come join us. We need one more. Um, <laughs> but, but we're not the perfect church. Can I get an amen? We're not the perfect church because I'm your, I'm your pastor. <laughs> That's part of it. Um, the other reason is look in the mirror. Uh, well, none of us are perfect, right? But you know what has enabled us to be a church for 14 years now with such beautiful unity and peace and impact for the kingdom? It's surely not this guy. It's surely not other staff. It's surely not location. It's surely not, and those things are all good, right? No, no, no. What has enabled us to have such peace and unity is our unfiltered passion, white, hot laser for absolute truth. And his name is Jesus. And the Bible is the word of God. And when you take a family, come on, you take a business, you take a church, and you put everybody moving in the same direction towards absolute truth, that is what enables unity. If people look at this church all the time, they how, how did you grow a church so racially diverse? Were you intentional? What'd you do? Yeah, we did some things. Yeah, we're very intentional. Yeah, yeah, we do some things. But at the end of the day, that's not what does it. At the end of the day, what creates unity amongst our diversity is our unifying passion and vision for absolute truth. And again, his name is Jesus. That's well, come on, that's what brings unity in the church. When you start fixing your eyes on Jesus, who's got time to argue about the color of the carpet in the nursery? Amen. Just put some daggum carpet down and let's go reach families. Amen. Right? When you, when you are focused on Jesus, who's got time to go out in the parking lot and go, beep, 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 beep. Who's got time? Ain't nobody got time for all that. When you think, I, I'm thinking about the old hymn. The old hymn. Um, it used to be my favorite, right? Uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely, what? Dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Share my heart and I'm done. This is what worries me the most about the United States of America. Nobody really believes in absolute truth anymore. This is why, a large part of it anyway, I'm not gonna overly simplify, I know it's complex, nuanced issues all over the place. But this is why, by the way, we are no longer the United States of America, but we are the divided states of America. 
you can study church. Even if you're an atheist and you're here, I'm so glad you're here. But you, you can argue with me about this all you want. Let's, let's meet outside. Or if you're at another campus, come see me sometimes. Let, let's talk about this. This, by the way, is what made America so great in the beginning. See, we live in a day and age where people don't believe in absolute truth anymore. Now, now let me be careful. They, they'll talk about truth, but here's the difference. They don't believe in absolute truth. So what they say in this day and age, this is in the water we drink, so you've got to be very careful and, and pay attention to who you listen to. Here's what they say. you got your truth. You can have your truth, but I'm going to have my truth. And it's okay if your truth is diametrically opposed to my truth. It's okay. Come on, let's hug. It's okay. You got truth. I got truth. We all got truth. Listen, listen, listen. Absolute truth doesn't work that way. If you have absolute truth and I have absolute truth, but they are diametrically opposed to one another, somebody's truth is not truth. So it's not that people don't talk about truth anymore. They just talk about whatever, whatever your experience. Whatever feels good to you. Whatever, 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 whatever equals truth for you. That's your truth. And they got their truth. And they got their truth. And, and I got my truth. And we just all got truth. No. That's disunifying. What enables and what enabled this country to be great was that it was locked in to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which no one wants to talk about anymore. You can talk about any kind of truth out there. You listen to people on TV, right? People talk about truth, but you mention the name above all names. You mention, you mention Jesus Christ, and you are husband. Why? Because he is the absolute truth. And in his presence, there are no, come on, there are no other truths. And again, as I was saying, you can, you, can, you, can, you, know, you can disagree with me on this, but you go back and study church history. There are so many people who came from foreign lands and landed in the United States of America, which wasn't the United States of America back then, but they landed in America. And here's what they went back reporting. The thing that made America great were the churches. The thing that made America great were the pulpits aflame with the gospel of Jesus Christ, unifying a people, unifying a people, fixing their eyes on Jesus, the only way to the Father, full of grace and absolute truth. That's what made America great. And that's why America is teetering on falling off a cliff that I don't know that it'll ever come back from. But our God is able. And it's our call as the believers of the gospel, followers of Christ, to fix our eyes on who? On who? On who? Fix our eyes on Jesus. Unify behind the Lordship of Christ and show the world there is an absolute truth. And in Him is where and when and how we have unity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen.
Thanks for being a part of this week's podcast. If you have any prayer requests or praises, we'd love to hear from you. Just email our pastors and staff at prayers at newhopenc.org, and we would love to pray for you. If you'd like to support the ministries of New Hope, just stop by one of our campuses or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. We hope you'll join us next week for the podcast, and thanks for being a part of our church family.